0: Three, two, one. Are you ready? Are you ready? the club. It's Thomas you ready? the you ready? Are you Thank you very much for joining me here today. This is a special episode of the Geek Weeks Podcast. Uh, of course, we are still on pause with our episodes right now as Amanda's about to welcome a new baby boy into her family. Congratulations to her on that, by the way, I should mention. And myself, I've been focusing on getting the season started back up with the race I for Canadians and also starting up a new job. So it's been a hectic couple of months for us. Um, so hopefully we're looking to get, this, uh, get the podcast back up uh, off the ground, and hopefully, we'll be back to normal at some point. But until then, we're going to be taking a bit of a break, and we might release some special episodes here and there, which brings us to today. Now, to give a bit of context for this special episode, about a month ago i got the opportunity and the privilege to interview a very popular nhl youtuber and streamer that goes by the name of Toogie 24 a lot of people are very familiar with his work for those that don't he is popular for his franchise modes, his roster editing on both youtube and on twitch uh he streams other games as well he streamed nba he streams the different uh, games on his platform and he's uh, he's really come a long way. He's now a uh, he's now a part of the Twitch Partner Program, and he's he streams pretty much every night. And he's introduced me to a lot of different content. So uh, he's really broadened my horizon when it comes to watching things on YouTube and Twitch. And it's been really special. And we've been building up this interview for quite some time. And we were finally able to arrange a date where we can both talk. And I got to say, it was an amazing uh, experience. And and it was just great overall to chat with him. And this uh, video portion of the interview is available on YouTube. You can go to my YouTube channel check it out for yourself. Uh, it, it, is, uh, it was pretty fun. And it, it's uh, I still listen to it now and again. And a lot of people have still been messaging me about it. So that's been really special. But now finally... Um, After a little bit of delay because I've been so busy trying to focus on the new job, uh, we're now officially releasing the uh, audio portion of the interview here on all of our streaming platforms. So hopefully um, this makes up for the delay and uh, it gives a better option for people to listen to it uh, rather than just having to watch it on YouTube. So now people can listen to it as many times as they want. So without any further ado, I'm going to let the audio play for itself this is my interview with Toogie24. Sit back, relax, and enjoy. And uh, yeah, it's uh, it's definitely been pretty crazy to uh, imagine that I would be talking to one of my favorite YouTubers. But anyway, here's the full interview with the one and only Toogie24. Well, with one hockey season completed, another one has just started. And that, of course, is Chell Season. With NHL 21 now available on the Xbox One and PS4, and is now available for its compatibility on the brand new Xbox Series X and PS5. Who better to have to talk about NHL 21 and other hockey stuff than one of the most popular figures in the Chell community today? He's an avid jer- jersey collector. Easy for me to say. An EA Game Changer has over 18,000 subscribers on YouTube. Most famous for his wa- roster editing, spectaculars, franchise modes, and draft of glory series. Over 11,000 followers on Twitch. He's part of the Twitch Partner Program. But most importantly, he is the only reason I will ever wear a Bruins jersey. Joining me from his home in Maine, I'm pleased to welcome Cody Tugas, or better known as the one and only Tuggy24. Tug, it's such an absolute pleasure and honor to have you here. We've been building this up for a couple of months, actually. And hmm. now, finally, here we are uh, doing this interview. Of course, we'll be up on YouTube and we'll be part of our uh, next episode of the Deep Geeks podcast. First of all, how have you been doing during this pandemic? Because uh, obviously here in Canada, it's been tough. But the United States, I mean, my God, it's been really tough, I can imagine, for you guys. So first of <laughs> all, how have you been uh, during this whole pandemic?
1: Uh, I will say... It's a shame that I'm the only reason you'll ever wear the black and gold because it looks good on you. But well, thank you. hey, to, to each their own. But I've been I've been pretty good. It's been a very interesting year uh, just before uh, you know this entire really thing happened. Throughout the first two months of 2020, uh, got into a new relationship with a teacher, so it's been that much more interesting for me as you have a constantly evolving situation going on. I personally have been okay. You know, there's been some close calls, uh, you know, whether it be with my girlfriend or with friends and family, but kind of just doing what everyone else is doing in terms of just rolling with the punches, doing the best I can. But I, I can thankfully say, despite some of those close calls, I'm doing pretty well given the circumstances.
0: No, that's uh, that's great to hear. And, I mean, this whole COVID thing has been tough on everyone. It's impacted you know hockey it's impacted a lot of our jobs myself included and obviously with you um it's i can imagine it's impacted your job as well uh you know uh, obviously earlier today i'm sure you heard about the passing of uh fred uh, uh who of course was the first indigenous nhl player um i just wanted to get your touch on that really quickly because he did pass away due to covid we have had a lot of popular hockey figures pass away. Of course, Dale Howard probably being the biggest one so far, obviously not COVID related, but it, it's this whole COVID thing has not only taken an impact just on hockey, but just our daily lives. And, you know, we've seen so many amazing people pass away. Um, what, what's your whole opinion on how this has impacted not just our jobs and livelihood, but the game of hockey itself?
1: Loaded question there, right out of the gates, huh? <laughs> I mean, it's it's been so tough to just to judge because obviously we've had the ability to look at the short term impact uh, that it's had. Obviously, just like okay, uh, the hockey season was postponed. Eventually, played you know the rest of it through the bubble with the you know NHL you know playing around and then all of that. And then you look at the grassroots level, whether it be just normal pickup hockey at local rinks or beer league or whatever. You look at the effect that it's had on junior leagues as well, where obviously the big debate and like the OHL is, oh, yeah, we'll, we'll bring it back, but we can't hit. <laughs> yeah, which not great. <laughs> just the, You just look at the short-term effects and how we're trying to navigate through this. And then you consider the long-term effects, and it's mm. a little bit tough to not get uh, a little bit... A little bit sad, a little bit fearful for what it could mean, but you mentioned it. I mean, it's been a very tough year for a lot of people, and unfortunately, I wish we could say, you know, however many months now, what, eight months, almost nine months into this, you know, on again, off again, uh, lockdown situation, really, which, I mean, you mentioned this as well, you know, the ever-evolving situation of it, obviously, you know, being an American, but being, you know, in the state of Maine. I mean, I'm a three-hour away drive from my home across the Quebec border. It's not that difficult, and then obviously all the friends I have in the community, I've been able to keep a close eye on not just what's happening in the states, but what's happening in Canada. And it's, uh, it's it's a fun situation, <laughs> isn't it? Is the best way to phrase yeah. it. And I think that's that's really the most frustrating part, mm-hmm. right? Is you know, you talk about the short-term effects and what we've seen already and what we're going to continue to see and the struggles we're going to continue to see as, you know, cases continue to rise heading into the winter here, uh, not just in the U.S., but in Canada as well. I mean, just before uh, we started this, um saw from a friend on Twitter uh, in B.C. talking about the you know, rise in cases right now and just what that might lead to. So obviously that is an entirely different discussion which I will let you lead into <laughs> if you want to. You know I'm an open book yeah. on this, but in terms of You know, the effects of of COVID and how it affects people and who's doing their part to try and slow things down and who's not. There's that's that's a loaded uh, topic of conversation.
0: And I mean, you've been very vocal uh, on Twitch about the whole uh, COVID pandemic. Of course, you had your scare with your girlfriend. Of course, you referred to as GF 24. And Thanksgiving is this weekend, Toogie. Like in Christmas, it's a month away. Like, this could get worse before it gets better. And I think it's safe to say the second wave is here. And again, you and I have been very vocal, not just on social media, but on our platforms about this whole thing. As long as we can work together, we can always get through this. We've gotten through a lot of tough situations, but we've never seen something like this ever. So, I mean, if you were to send a message to anyone going into the Thanksgiving weekend, what would that even be?
1: Again, another very loaded question. I mean, for me at least, you know, I wish it was as simple as, oh, okay, where where am I going to be for Thanksgiving? Am I going to be with my family? Uh, Am I going to be with the girlfriend's family? A combination of both. But obviously, in this situation, it's like, okay, what's the responsible thing to do? So we had to make a decision about where we were going to be, who we were going to be with, trying to limit that, you know, limit it to as few people. As possible. I mean, I do come from a family that often, you know, tries to have Thanksgiving be a a bigger deal on certain years, and obviously that just wasn't going to happen this year. But I I will say, I mean, you mentioned being outspoken. I still, I'm pretty sure I have three fans left that might also root for the Tampa Bay Lightning. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I managed to stoke the flames and aggravate an entire fan base yeah. uh, because of my comments on their public celebration. But, I mean, you made
0: a lot of fair points. So, like, I have to give credit to you. You made a lot of good points.
1: <sighs> I mean, the problem is, though, right, when it comes down to the key point of, hey, just just, just wear a mask and celebrate it's a championship hard. later.
0: It's not hard. And that's,
1: that, that was viewed as a controversial stance by some mm-hmm. people, but... You know, when, uh, I mean, you're, wear- you're wearing the jersey today, but when you make a video uh, talking about a team that beat your team in the playoffs, it uh, obviously some people are just going to view it as, you know, salt. Yeah, but of course. It's, never, it's, it's not really that simple, and I think that kind of sums up 2020. It's not that simple of a situation. Yeah,
0: and I mean, where I live here in Sudbury, it hasn't been as bad as, like, Toronto and Peel. I'm sure you've heard of the horror stories coming out of, like, Toronto and Ottawa. Sudbury has been good. But there's still been a lot of scares and we have come close to shutting down on a multitude of times. I'm not sure what the situation is where you live in Maine. I'm sure your cases aren't as severe as, say, Florida, California. But I'm I'm sure that everyone is taking the precautionary steps to make sure that we can slow this down. Because like you said, it is it's getting worse. And the only way we control it, you know, wear a mask, respect your social distancing, because a lot of people are not doing that, and that really ticks me off it's just the simple stuff that can make this all disappear really quickly
1: yeah I mean there there have been instances here too you know school systems that have been shut down and forced you know forced to go remote mm-hmm. including uh, you know uh, my girlfriends as well so that's been a big part of the constantly evolving situation and you know it, it does really go to speak on just as an individual just doing your part, it makes such a gigantic difference, yeah, whether it just be the social distancing, wearing a mask. I mean, obviously, I'm not exactly a confrontational person, but yeah, it can be it can be a little bit tough to hold your tongue when you're walking into a store and you just see a bunch of people with masks off. And it's like just there was a break. You know, there, there was an outbreak less than 10 miles away from here, less than a month ago, but nah, no masks. We We don't need that. So. It is frustrating, but really, it kind of goes for a lot of different things. You can only control yourself, and it's up to you to make that decision how you want to go about things. So, obviously, you asked, like, oh, what's you know, what's the message that you would give? And really, the only message I can give, just as an individual, is just do your parts. It's really not that difficult.
0: Well said. I totally agree with that. Now, let's move on into the reason why we're here. Let's get into the hockey stuff. Uh, Now, of course, you are one of the top NHL YouTubers and streamers out there today. Uh, And like I said, over 10,000, well over 10,000 subscribers and followers respectively on your platforms. What made you become an NHL YouTuber and a streamer on Twitch? Like, what what got you started?
1: So, I was watching... Some of the people that have been around in this community for a long time, mm-hmm. you know, back in NHL 11, NHL 12, you know, I was someone that watched UBC Productions. I was someone that uh, watched XTech Tech a little bit later on. And I was in between jobs at the time. And it hit the point where I thought, you know what, let's just let me try this. Just let me try this. Yeah. There's really, really no harm in giving it a shot. Let's see what we can do. And I think that initial setup. That was a janky, janky setup. I remember the first couple months worth before I'm like, okay, maybe I'll invest in a, in a microphone to see how this goes. It was recording through the Xbox app mm-hmm. on Windows <laughs> using my Xbox headset. So if you go back and watch those early videos, auto quality is not that great. <laughs> but really it was just, I want to give this a shot and see what happens. I dedicate you know, enough of my spare time to begin you know, playing NHL, obviously a lot of people have asked, like, oh, how long have you been doing uh, you know, the whole roster editing thing and playing franchise mode? And that has been a constant since I was a kid. Mm-hmm. I can't explain that obsession over wanting the game to be as accurate and reflect the current state of the you know real life game. I, I've just always had an obsession with having that be as close to the real thing as possible. Yeah. And for anybody who I guess, is kind of wired like I am. You might remember on the Xbox 360 days, there was a community uh, known as Peter Puck, and they'd have the option. Uh, they would customize the rosters. Back then, you could actually download those rosters like onto a USB stick, mm-hmm. get it onto your Xbox. It was a little bit complicated, but not too bad. So really, you know, that, that passion was always there, and it came down to, I think this was 2015. I think I've been doing this for five years already, which is yeah. absolutely insane, but... It really just came down to, I'm going to give this a shot. And then, you know, that was the YouTube side of things. And then two years or so into that, I finally decided to give the uh, Twitch live streaming uh, an opportunity or a shot. And thankfully, I I waited. You know, building up on YouTube or Twitch, regardless, is incredibly difficult. Mm -hmm. But I'm thankful that I at least had that YouTube audience first because... I think it might be even more difficult to break into streaming. If you're uploading videos and you're getting 5, 10, really under 100 views per video, it can be demoralizing, but I don't know if it's as demoralizing as streaming for nobody or one person or two person mm-hmm. or two person, two people. <laughs> and I never had to I never had to really experience that. So the the Twitch side of things was easier, you know, than starting up on YouTube. The demand was there already. I essentially had a head start on that side of things and it just seemed like the next evolution from the YouTube side where you know what's better than making videos and reading the comment section having that direct live interaction uh with my audience yeah
0: and i mean you you have definitely come a long way i'll say that cuz uh, uh i'll be honest i haven't been there since the beginning but i have been there for the last 2-3 years uh checking in periodically and i mean your Draft of Glory series is what got me hooked on your channel because, I mean, I, I, I've i tried to stream in the, in the past. I would get, like you said, one or two viewers a day, and it was very demoralizing, so I kind of gave up on it, but it kind of helped me practice my craft for commentary and that that's kind of what got me to go to college for this so I guess you could say that you're kind of an influencer on that so thank you for that
1: (laughs) I'll take it I mean a big part of it now that you mentioned it a big part of it was you know having a passion for commentary as well Mm -hmm. and not exactly knowing what the next step was if there was one to try and get those reps in sitting in front of a microphone and this was the best way I could think of to try and get those reps in. And we could talk about it a little bit later on if you want to, or right now, but obviously it's led to some great opportunities as well. Uh, Nothing I would say that compares uh, to you as much as you're talking about me being the influencer. I mean, (laughs) you know, color commentator or just uh, outright commentary for the Sudbury wolves is something I am very much envious of. So
0: it's, and I mean, for me, it's been a dream, but like, you know, everyone gets their start somewhere. I started with the with a local Junior 18 that's just a few minutes outside of Sudbury. So that's where I got my start. So, I mean, you know, NOJHL is always close to my heart. But, like, doing the Wolves has been a dream of mine. And, y- you know, you mentioned the commentator part. You're actually an esports commentator, which uh, is something I kind of always wanted to do, too. And esports... Never really got that much attention years ago, but now it is one of the biggest booming markets on Twitch nowadays. Um, what got you started with the uh, with the esports commentary?
1: Uh, so I remember having conversations. This was about two years ago. Um, I knew when it came to you know the community, the you know the competitive Sixes community primarily that I wanted to get involved. You know, you talk about those next steps, like okay, I want to start in on you know getting the reps in on the mic i'm gonna start a youtube channel what's the next step It's starting on twitch what's the next step after that Mm -hmm. try to get into the commentary side of things because i think ultimately when i look at the plan for what i want this to be it's always been let's have progression here you know i don't i don't sit here and think like oh yeah i'm gonna be doing youtube 10 years from now i'm gonna be doing twitch 10 years from now it's it's always wanting to move, you know, keep making that forward progress. So the esports commentary was the thing to go with. And about two years ago or so, um, I, I will. I, I don't often like to phrase it this way because I do like what they're doing. It was just a bad experience for me. I have so many friends who work with them, for them, are in charge of it. Uh, but I had a bad experience with league gaming, which is uh, you know, arguably, at least on the North American side of things right now, the biggest community for competitive sixes. Yeah. So I knew I wanted to go elsewhere with that. And that's where I found NHL gamer and having the opportunity to do the commentary over there. And it was, uh, the fortunate trip that I had getting to go out to the, uh, EA studios in Burnaby, uh, where I was, uh, a part of a group. And another member of that group is the guy behind NHL gamer, Kenu and, uh, fate have it. We were on the same floor, So it made it quite easy to just go over to his room, have those conversations as well with some other people who were there and involved still to this day with NHL Gamer over, hey, what's the plan with this? How do I get involved and where do we go from here? (laughs) And, you know, right now we're getting ready, coming up here very soon, actually, the 11th season of the ECL, And it's been uh, very interesting to kind of get involved here in the past few seasons primarily in the European competitive scene. Uh, we have done stuff in the North American side of things. Uh, last year was our first real big season on the North American side of things, and I can't wait to see what we do there as well. But, uh, you know, you say everyone gets their start somewhere. Nothing like trying to learn Finnish names on the fly.
0: <laughs> Trust me, it's not easy. Uh, you you should see some of the names, because I mentioned in your chat one time, you know, how he's not Finnish, but how do you say what you thought was Jacob Brahaney, but it's actually Jacob Bratney, and you thought it was the silliest thing you've ever heard. <laughs> it, 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 it's it's really there. fascinating how pronunciation works nowadays. <laughs> yeah,
1: no, it's it's a problem, and especially too, you know, being you know doing what I do with the franchise mode stuff. You know, obviously everyone's you know fan of you know if you're a fan of a team, you know the prospects, you know exactly who they are. Mm-hmm. But in the early stages, and I always think back to this one early on. It was Mikhail Sergachev, and then suddenly it became Mikhail Sergachev, Mm -hmm. and boy, did I get corrected for (laughs) months old videos consistently, but yeah, no, it's like, I guess a great example while you're not rocking a 63 right now is, uh, for the Bruins, it's been Brad Marchand, Brad Marchand, then back to Marchand, then back to Marchand. Mm -hmm. It's a fun time. <laughs> Keeps you on time. your toes.
0: <laughs> Same thing with like Zdeno or Zadino Chara, right? Like people have been going back and too. forth with the pronunciation game. And it's it's a lot of fun, especially here in Sabri, I got to tell you. Um, and, and I mean, that's that's a great story for, you know, how you started in esports with your commentary. It's definitely a very unique path to take. Uh, and I mean, people have told me that commentary is a very uh, unique path to take. But, you know, why not take a chance and see what happens and, I mean, I've got to meet a lot of great people over the years, and definitely it wouldn't change anything. So, I mean, Toogie, if you want to go after commentary, I got to tell you, you definitely have a knack for it. So, it, it's a good way to start, I got to tell you. And, I, I mean, would you consider your streaming kind of your practice point, almost, for this kind of stuff?
1: Essentially, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's kind of the way I viewed it is you know, being able to have that live interaction. And, you know, for anybody who does watch my channel, they'll know with these franchise mode series in the playoffs, uh, you know, if we jump into overtime of a very important game, you know, we'll watch the computers play and I'll get some more commentary reps in at that stage as well. This so, is a
0: great idea. I love it.
1: Yeah. So I would say, you know, when, when it comes to The YouTube side of things, the Twitch side of things, the esports commentary—it really is, in a way, trying. I guess to uh, build up the resume and seeing in what direction could this go? Because ultimately, you know, you always hear people say this: as nice as it is, and can give you a head start to go out, go to school, do things the way that are you know the way things are supposed to be done. It doesn't always guarantee things. Yeah, exactly. I remember being a senior in high school. Uh, and we had an elective that was current events, essentially. Hmm. What it was was go home, watch the news every night, we'll <laughs> talk about it the next day. <laughs> and as a senior in high school, it really can mess with you to have the news every single night talk about, hey, here's this person with a master's degree working a cash register. Yeah, It can really scare you off of the idea of committing so much money uh, towards the idea of going to college when you still might not be sure if that's what you want to do. Mm-hmm. So, hey, is this an unconventional method? Absolutely. Will it get me to where I'd potentially want to be? Who knows? But at the very least, I've gotten some great experiences out of this yeah. and certainly gotten the reps in. So we'll see where it goes.
0: Well, I mean, for me, when it came to applying for college, and I never told anyone this, I had, I had two choices. One was accounting or the other one was radio broadcasting. And I'm glad I took the latter because now here I am and I'm talking to – Probably the most famous guy that I I know uh, at least on a YouTube and Twitch platform. So I, I mean, it's come full circle.
1: <laughs> That's one way to phrase it. I, I <laughs> it's never the best way to I it. come on. <laughs> never liked the idea of someone referring to me as being notable in any way. Well, I mean, but you I'll got a lot of
0: fans out there, Tookie. Like I I I have to be honest. You are one of the most popular, uh, you know, YouTube and NHL streamers today. So. I mean, you're right You're right up there with a lot of other notable names because NHL doesn't get a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of notice uh, on the streaming community. So you and other guys, like you said, um, you know, obviously, Deke Slayer, very good friend of yourself and mine, uh, really making NHL known. But unfortunately, NHL is uh, making themselves known for all their own reasons. We'll get <laughs> into that in just a moment. Now, first, I wanted to get your take before we get into the streaming stuff. Um, of course, you... Being from Maine, have always been a supporter of the Mariners and the Portland Pirates, and of course you got your Maine Mariners team back just a few years back. But now going into this season, the East Coast Hockey League announced that the North Division is taking a voluntary suspension for the upcoming season, and of course that includes your Maine Mariners. Now, I never got the chance to ask you this. I wanted to, I wanted to know how you felt about the news coming out because you've been so supportive. <sighs> Uh, since the team left Portland to go to Springfield, by the way, screw Springfield. Um, you. You've been super supportive <laughs> of Maine and Portland. How devastating is this news for the state of Maine as well as yourself?
1: I mean, I think anytime you talk about a you know a local sports team not being there, whether it be temporary or just outright leaving, it's always you know a sucker punch to the gut, to say the least. Mm-hmm. It it wasn't great. I mean, it did bring back some memories of, you know, when the Portland Pirates, as mentioned, uh, you know, left the AHL uh, what was four years ago. I think now at this point, four or five years ago, uh, I try to forget <laughs> when that happened because, <laughs> you, you know, uh, being in Maine, you know, growing up here, you have, you know, the option of, oh, you can go to Portland and catch an AHL now, an ECHL game, or you can go that little bit of an extra mile, go down to Boston, uh, for a lot more money, uh, we'll say, and obviously, you know, d- depending on who you are, you know, I don't I, mean, I don't have any shame in saying like, OK, you know, coming from a lower middle class family at the time that had some financial issues uh, due to my dad's health issues, which you know, we won't have to get too much into here. I'm not against it. But, you know, point being, what was easier to do? Uh, go to Boston and sit in the uh, the 300s the upper deck for about 90 bucks minimum a person or you go to the alternative. We went to the alternative quite a bit and I have, you know, so many fond memories, you know, going to AHL hockey games and over the past few seasons going to the ECHL games now as well with the Mariners, you know, I went to their first ever game, I own all three jerseys. Uh, that they've put out. I wish I had one with me here right now. I don't. Unfortunately, I have to say. By the way, <laughs> they are tremendous, I love them. and I will say their new alternate uh, is better in person than some of the preview pictures. I personally may have like loved. it.
0: I think it's great. Yeah,
1: you know, I will. I will say it's not often a shoulder patch design. I think you know, look to the Vegas Golden Knights reverse retro. <laughs> it's not often a shoulder patch design works as a main logo. Uh, I think with the Mariners jersey, it did not so much with Vegas, but that's an entirely different discussion but yeah no it was it it was rough you know i had plans with friends to go to games this year just like we always do you know same group of friends i've been going to games with since i was 10 years old you know a big part of my life you know going down to portland catching these games and it is a shame of course that they're not going to be there i think it's a bit more promising to have them say okay we're, we're sitting out the season because when you talk about you know, especially minor, you know, I I guess, you know, minor league sports will say there's been concerns all over, all over the globe. Really. I mean, I'm, I'm a big fan of, uh, of football soccer as well. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's so much fear for these lower level teams that they might not recover due to COVID. So, you know, when you hear that, Oh, your, your ECHL team, your local ECHL team is going to be sitting out a season. It's frustrating, but, the news could be worse and it could have been, oh, they're going under because of this. So I'll take what I can get. It's a shame that they have to set out a season, but on the flip side, it might be uh, the safer thing to do for a lot of people.
0: It's, it's understandable. uh, The reasons why, because again, why, why take a risk with a global pandemic that we have never seen in our lifetime before happen right now. And your team have to go under because of the pandemic and you playing because, Again, the debate here in Ontario, especially for Northern Ontario teams, is, you know, is there going to be fans allowed in the building? Which I don't think will happen, because Southern Ontario is just in a total disarray. And I mean, again, in your division, you know, you got the Newfoundland Growlers, who are still fairly new to the league. You have the Toronto Marlies, who... I mean, Toronto can afford to sit out a season. Uh, they can sit, afford to sit out three seasons. For me, mm. though, they're a, brand, they're a fairly brand-new team. They've only been in the league for a few years, and they have to sit out a season again. So, mm. I, again, I understand for the right reasons, and I'm sure you do as well, but it never makes it easier because you get, don't get to see hockey, which sucks. But, I mean, like you said, there are potentially other minor league teams you can go check out. If the Bruins do come back, of course, with the NHL, there's a chance there might be fans... So you might have to take the alternative, but again, I, I can understand why the North Division is bowing out. Because again, uh, Atlanta and Norfolk earlier had announced they're not going to play this season, so they're down to what sixteen teams now, which is which is going to be a really condensed league. It's going to be weird, but I understand why. That that's just my that's just my view on it.
1: No perfect answer, I'd say. There really uh, is anything going on so yeah
0: it, and and it is tough and hopefully we can see them back in the league i'm sure we will because fans have petitioned for me to come back for a long time and now they're finally back which of course is great news now to let's move into the streaming and nhl portion of uh this interview now of course on sunday you did something you have never done before and that was, of course, your Hunt for Rumble charity stream. Now, originally, you set the goal for $500. And I think it's yeah. fair to say that was blown out of the water, nearly raising $6,000 for the Seattle Children's Hospital. So first of all, congratulations on an amazing stream uh, and raising all that money towards the Seattle Children's <laughs> Hospital. Now, uh, I have to ask because a lot of people probably aren't familiar with the origin story of this series but describe to people where the Hunt for Rumble series began and why you do it.
1: So it's funny because you, you mentioned draft to glory already. So it was NHL 17 looking for a way to try to differentiate, uh, you know, to try and differentiate my franchise mode series compared to everyone else's, which isn't exactly the easiest thing to do. Uh, you know, if you... Base content off of a mode, whether it be franchise mode, mm-hmm. Ultimate Team, Be a Pro, anything else really. Like there are eventually going to be limitations. You have to try and get creative. Yeah. I won't claim to be the most creative. Uh, you know, again mentioning uh, being a fan of soccer. You know, being a fan of FIFA and playing the <coughs> FIFA series as well, and checking out some of the uh, content creators on that side of things. Uh, I will always credit to them. Uh, there is a creator by the name of Cutsy who has a series called Youth Squad Legends, which is a series that he bases uh, or builds up a team uh, only using, uh, you know, essentially youth players and, you know, essentially documenting their journey to see what happens. Mm -hmm. So I took that same kind of concept of Draft of Glory, which was, okay, let's start off with the worst team we can possibly have, only get players through the draft and see where that takes us. And that first series in NHL 17 Uh, Who knew, uh, you know, for a game that came out four years ago that it would still be uh, so impactful for me. But it was that first series, the first player, first episode, first player to win an award uh, was a guy by the name of Chris Rumble. Didn't even have a picture in the game. Just like, that's a hilarious name. He wins an award. It's a good time. And, of course, we go through that series. You know, it really was, I think, a turning point for my channel. And, you know, I I mentioned it on Sunday during that stream. I mentioned it every time I bring up that uh, particular series. You know, uh, you look at one of the other content creators, one of the other big ones, I mentioned him already, but uh, X Tech happened to put a bit of a spotlight on that series for me on Twitter. And it it certainly helped. It was a bit of a kickstart from there. And it just kept going to the point where that series is now still obviously a staple of my channel right now. Uh, For NHL 21, it is the only series that I can (laughs) currently do because of some of uh, the game's issues, Mm -hmm. but we're making the best of it, and I'm sure we'll talk about that in a bit. But after that initial series ended, uh, we were an ultimate team, and the idea came up from the chat to try to pack players that were notable from that series. And I think it was multiple months and about 3 million coins or so later, uh, we finally packed Rumble. Now, a lot of people have asked me, like, oh, well, why would you focus on packing him instead of just getting him off the market? And for me, n- number one, I didn't think it was going to take that long. Yeah. But it was <laughs> kind of replicating what we see more in FIFA, where it's a big deal, well, kind of a big deal, to have a card as the first owner, to pack yeah. that card to say no, nah, I didn't buy this. I I packed him, and obviously it's a it's a bigger thing for some of the bigger cards in the game, you know, the bigger, more notable names. Uh, so for me, it was just kind of more of a, a joke to run with that. Oh, we got to get him for a stoner. We got to pack him. Like I said, it, it took a very long time. Yeah. And since then, every year uh, we've done that, and throughout the years, uh, Chris you know, himself became aware of this. Uh, I was informed that he had shown uh, his teammates uh, some of the reaction videos to us (laughs) succeeding and packing him, which might be the most embarrassed I have (laughs) ever felt in my life, (laughs) probably. Uh, So, you know, it it just kind of kept being a thing every year. It was just a sticking point. It was something for me to do, especially in Ultimate Team, as my interest in the actual gameplay of the NHL series continued to kind of go downhill. You know, that's, again, an entirely different discussion, but I've mentioned it, this last console generation that we're just getting out of now, the Xbox One and PS4 generation, I felt Mm -hmm. like at the start of that, you know, you could have gone left, you could have gone right, EA went right, and I wish they had went left with a lot of decisions uh, behind the gameplay. But, you know, the Hunt for Rumble gave me the opportunity to still do something with an ultimate team, uh, which was you know a nice way to not just have to grind franchise consistently and burn out on the mode. Mm-hmm. So every year it was a thing, and this year there was a moment where uh, Chris actually ended up moving. He was playing in the German league mm-hmm. um, and moved over to Norway, yeah. and his new team, the Stavenger Oilers, posted. Uh, a bit of a story about him and his history, and the big part of that being uh, that he had stayed at the Seattle Children's Hospital after being diagnosed with cancer as a teen. So, the second I saw that, I knew exactly what I wanted the Hunt for Rumble to be mm-hmm. this year, and for that to be uh, the first charity stream that I've done. I don't really know why I waited so long uh, to do a charity stream. I think maybe a big part of it, and it kind of goes to show with what I set the goal for. Uh, this with this stream is I just didn't really know what to expect, mm-hmm. and I didn't want to. I guess in a way maybe embarrass myself by setting a goal and saying even 500 and only getting like 150 and just being like, well, that's kind of embarrassing because mm-hmm. you know, if, even if it is someone like you who's like, hey, are you're, you're you're big in this community, I still in a way don't view it that way, uh, so. I, I don't know. Uh, maybe maybe it's a bit of a fragile ego. I don't know. Uh, but I just wanted to make sure that if I did something like this, we raised a solid amount that I could feel like, okay, we we did something here. Mm-hmm. You know this this is a decent chunk of change that could really help. And ultimately, uh, yeah, I think we hit that mark. Yeah. as mentioned. Uh, you know, $500 goal, we hit $500 in 15 minutes, <laughs> and ultimately hit 5602 mm-hmm. I believe, was the final count as of earlier this afternoon, and, and it's still, it's a feeling that hasn't necessarily set in yet, you know? Yeah. I mean, how can you, it, it's tough to, especially because it was a, you know, it's, it's tough to, I guess, for that to set in, because... I set these plans forward on pretty short notice. Yeah. You know, it really started to come together uh, right around the end of last week. I think I announced the stream on the Friday and then we did it on the Sunday. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I was able to work with a lot of really uh, good people that helped me put this together. You know, uh, Chris himself being able to. Offer up some Stavenger Oilers merch throughout the stream. He eventually offered uh, a stick as well, uh, which he is going to be shipping from Norway to the United States. So pray for his wallets. Being able uh, to work with, you know, whether it be something as simple as, you know, one of my main graphics guys. uh, Someone I I know you're familiar with, but Timo from the Baker and Timo show, another... Uh, Excellent set of streamers. Uh, Whether or not it was just contacting him and being like, "Hey, I need a graphic for this," he's like, "Oh yeah, I'll do it for free. Don't worry about this one." You know, that was a gigantic help. Yeah. Uh, Whether it be you know, get another streamer, Crash Andrews Mm -hmm. saying, "Hey, you normally have a confetti cannon because (laughs) it's the dumbest thing in the world. (laughs) Let me sponsor that confetti cannon, put that money (laughs) towards the stream, and yes, it's a nightmare to clean up, as I can attest to from earlier this afternoon." Yeah. Um. You know, uh, the Goalie Guild as well, able to help, you know, Mm -hmm. just on two days notice saying, here's a hundred bucks, you know, good luck Mm -hmm. with this. Uh, It was incredible as well having, you know, viewers of the channel say, hey, uh, here, use this. I'll take care of shipping and everything, but here, use this. Um, Franchise hockey, uh, you know, willing to offer game codes. Now, I think 10 game codes it was uh, for FHM6. Again, on two days notice, all of this kind of came together. Yeah. It's just, you know, it was I think it it was a long time coming. And I know Chris was ecstatic over how well this, you know, panned out. I certainly am to the point where it still uh, doesn't really feel like it happened. yeah, but you know, it's I think there's that part of me that wishes like, okay, even more, even more would be nice. And obviously, uh, you know, I, it's not that I'm not thankful and not happy for it, but I, I think just blown away by what it was and excited to see what it could potentially be with more than two days notice. Yeah. um, And,
0: you know, you brought up the, uh, you know, trying to differentiate yourself by pulling a specific player in hot. High- and, I mean, you think about a name that not a lot, that a lot of people do remember, but people haven't heard of in a while is Bacon Country. Of course, he got to start with his Eshel trolling series, but what people don't credit him towards is his Polanovi series. And same can be said for tactics, as you know, Hunt for McDavid uh, back in like NHL 18 and 19 and what have you. And, And I mean, yours is definitely very unique, especially considering that the packs over the years have changed very much, and it's become a lot harder to pull said Chris Rumble. So it's definitely a very unique series, and I think that's what draws people in. And I mean, Tugi, you had well over 200 followers consistently, not on just Sunday night, but on Monday as well, because eventually you got him, uh, which I fell asleep for 30 minutes before it happened, but it still happened, and just the amount of support I can imagine was very overwhelming, especially for the goal that you set at the time and on such short notice. And, I mean, um, you know, you have said on social media, um, you know, how thankful and gratuitous you are, but do you have, like, any other words for, like, anybody that you know has helped you over this crazy 72 hour span uh do you just have any words for anyone in regards to the charity
1: stream well i I do want to say this as well i mean you mentioned baking country and in terms of you know taking those ideas i think that's what we tend to do Mm -hmm. uh, as a community here is like okay what's a popular thing to do how can we kind of meme it a little bit put a spin or lack For lack of a better term. <laughs> it's it's an interesting thing to be like, hey, let's pack a really good card that everybody wants. Which we did actually pack in Alex Ovechkin. So credit to Bacon Gunger there. And people were uh, were mentioning that as we packed them. That was uh, one of the highlights for me. But yeah, so wh- why let everyone else try to pack the good stuff? We want this 71 overall <laughs> silver card that for some reason... Is impossible yeah. to get, <laughs> and it just and it just works. But you know, again, thinking back to the stream and whether or not it is uh, the donations directly to the charity, which again, obviously, I am immensely thankful for. And like I said, I talked about it, wanting to make sure that when I did this charity stream, that there was a substantial amount raised mm-hmm. to say, you know, especially if it involved Chris, because I think that was my big issue is hey, I want to do a charity stream, and you've been kind of a notable name for my community, Mm -hmm. and we raised $200. (laughs) That has a lot (laughs) less of an impact than, hey, we raised almost $6,000. So that, that was a big thing, and then obviously it was more than just the donations directly to the charity. There were a lot of people, especially on that second day, Uh, We spent about 14 and a half hours over the course of two days doing nothing but opening packs in Ultimate Team. It was as fun as it sounds. (laughs) But, you know, there were a lot of people, you know, saying, hey, here's 20 bucks, you know, spend 10 first. If you get them, cool. And then the other 10 can go to charity. Or, hey, just here's 20 bucks. Just open more packs. Keep going and see if you can get them. So... There was so much to it in terms of, okay, here are the charitable donations, but then also here are the people saying, keep the stream going. And it, it was something that I was worried about at the start of the stream as well because you, ne- you need to make sure that you're conveying the message uh, properly at the time. You don't want to have anybody be able to misconstrue what you're doing and yeah. think that you might be using money that was meant to go to charity on packs in a video game. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a, That's a fine line where if somebody thinks that, that's the worst case scenario yeah. for me. So thankfully, you know, most people knew uh, what was going on here. I obviously made sure at every moment to be like, okay, here's the donation link. And then if we get into the situation where, well, damn, the near million coins in game that we built up, this massive stockpile just burns to rubble and it still doesn't work, then we might have to rely on this. And again, the viewers were there as well uh, to help keep that going. And it just seemed to... uh, you know throughout that stream especially on day 2 consistently <laughs> the worst case scenario would keep happening to keep the stream going we'd get down to the final two or three packs and it would be oh here's an item that gets you 60k yeah i think the highlight of the stream for me has to be about an hour or so before we packed rumble which again happened at about 2:20 in the morning i think mm-hmm. which is <laughs> also kind of embarrassing to say, but, <laughs> you know, it was getting down to it. I think we got three icon collectibles and four packs. Wow. <laughs> now, those I for the people who don't know, you know, a collectible like that can be used to get, you know, some of the best players in the game, some of the highest rated players, you know, legends like Gretzky and Lemieux. <laughs> And instead, I'm immediately selling those to continue trying to get a 71 overall player. (laughs) (laughs) It's just... The absurdity is you have to explain what this is. is isn't lost on me, trust me. But, yeah, I think just that that moment really kind of sealed just how absurd it was where it just felt like last night was the night to make it happen. A lot of people helped uh, make that happen for sure. And, you know, I, I think proud and happy you know happy obviously but proud of my community in a lot of ways to help make something like that happen uh you know to to say the least very much appreciative for uh, what I've somehow been able to build over the past 5 years mm-hmm. and the people that are a part of that it's it's something else yeah
0: um and i mean you you mentioned the craziness of um day 2 for me on day 1 cuz i remember you know, <laughs> obviously Rumble was hard enough to pull, but you pulled about five or six Stravenger Oilers and two of their jerseys over the course of that time, and every time it just got funnier and funnier for a lot of people and slowly started to settle in that Rumble may not make an appearance at some point, and it, and then when you got an icon in... Um, I, was it a base pack or was it the premium pack? Because I can't it, quite it was, remember. It
1: was the base pack. Which is crazy. Uh, and I mean. It happened twice, by the way.
0: That happened twice? I seen the first one, but I didn't. Who was the second one?
1: So day one, which again was a 10 and a half hour stream. <laughs> uh, day one, we got the, I think, 85 Brad Park. jabated. <laughs> yes, which was horrifying that yeah. it's like, oh, here's this card. How crazy is this going to be? And then it's like, eh, it's not that good. Uh, and then day two was the uh, Sid Abel, wow. which was also hilarious <laughs> and incredibly sad. But you mentioned packing so many of the uh, teammates. There are 24 cards on the Stavanger Oilers, and I'm pretty <laughs> sure we packed 18 out of 24 before Rumble was the 19th. I think we went back and counted is at the end of last night's stream, so... That level of bad luck is <laughs> impeccable.
0: Yeah it, it it was a it was a crazy event to say the least. I mean there were a lot of amazing moments, but then obviously pulling the rumble. Um, I I seen your highlight from Twitch earlier today, and you couldn't even pop the confetti cannon. You were just so out of it <laughs> that that was probably one of the funniest moments for me. And I mean, again, just amazing work with the stream. Uh, I, of course I donated. A lot of people donated, especially the one guy that donated what, like over seven hundred fifty dollars. Yeah, which is G- absurd. G town G
1: man with over seven hundred and fifty dollars, and I feel terrible because with the, <laughs> you know, with the the incentives we had, you know, the items that we were uh, giving away, he didn't win a single one. <laughs> wow, <laughs> I feel wow, terrible man, about that. Saying. But you know the. Just the the selflessness that some people displayed is still just that. That's what's hard to wrap your head around.
0: Especially during a global pandemic when everyone is strict for money.
1: Now, that's the big issue that I had and why I was concerned with this and why I set the goal to 500. It's a pandemic. Yeah. I especially wanted to get the stream done. The reason why it was on two days notice, I wanted to get this done before Black Friday. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was my thought before Black Friday, before people are really starting to think about Christmas shopping. Let's get this done. Let's see if we can at least get a decent amount. Hope for 500 minimum. If we get 1,000, that's awesome. And then again, it ends up being over 5,600, which still, again, just anytime I say that number, it's it doesn't seem real, but mm-hmm. here we are.
0: And I mean, it's going towards an amazing cause. And as myself and a lot of people said in your stream, it's for the kids, and that's why you put yourself through that long 14-hour ordeal. It's for the kids.
1: <laughs> you, would, you would think it would be fun, and I, I mentioned this on day two of the stream. Essentially, having people give you money for the sake of opening hockey card packs, you would think, it's like, oh, we're living the dream here. This is great. <laughs> but when you do it for 14 hours, yeah. You know, it starts to lose a little bit of the fun yeah. <laughs> involved with it. So. You, were, you were
0: quiet for most of day one, which, I mean, it, it just brought, you know, even more people in because we knew how ridiculous it's getting. But again, just congratulations on an amazing job well done. Uh, and I believe at the time your donation box is still open for the charity, I believe, which, of course, is through uh, ExtraLife.org, which, of course, Rooster Teeth has used Extra Life uh, for their charity streams as well. Um, people can still make a donation at the time of this recording, correct? Yes. Awesome. Uh, uh, best
1: place best place to find that link, I would say, is on my pinned uh, tweet on Twitter, at 2 24 Obviously, the link is a little bit complicated. I should probably shorten that up. But uh, one of the things that's just, uh, again, insane to me is, you know, you talk about someone like Rooster Teeth, you know, just gigantic company using this platform to help raise money. And obviously, we got nowhere close to them, uh, but the overall rank for us on Extra Life is currently, at the time of recording here, I'm looking at it right now, 177th. Wow. Which, wow. for a stream that was put together on two days' notice...
0: It's pretty crazy. It, that's, that's very
1: amazing. That's something.
0: Yeah, that 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 speaks volumes. And um, I, I doubt this will be the last time that something like this would happen. And I mean, it, again, just an amazing job all done on such short notice too. That's uh, that's truly a great accomplishment too. So again, congratulations on that. Uh, let's move into the reason why I wanted to bring you in here. NHL 21, of course, has been out for just over a month now. And obviously there was big questions at the beginning if there would be a new NHL video game release, especially with the new gens coming along for the Xbox Series X and the PS5. Here we are about a month or two months in and let's just say it hasn't been an enjoyable time for the majority of the community yourself included because you are um you're most notable on twitch and youtube for your roster editing uh and your franchise modes and of course at the very beginning on day one there were immediate problems with the game. Now, of course, you're an EA game changer and you have been for, I think, a couple years now, maybe two, more. Three,
1: two, three years now, yeah.
0: You, of course, have to, you know, listen to the people and send answers back to EA. And this year has probably been, especially during a global pandemic, let's keep that in mind, one of the most stressful games uh, and, you know, just anger-inducing games that that EA has put out. And again, They gave themselves an extra month. They decided to release it, I believe, on the... It was either the second or third quarter in October instead of the usual September release. So they had that extra time, but unfortunately the game, even after two major patches in less than a month, it's unfortunately still not working. Now, um, just answer these questions for a lot of people. Um, I want to get your general opinion. Of course... The opinions have changed in a lot of people since day one, but there are still a lot of issues with this game. Uh, and I mean, you can go in depth about them and your, you know, your, um, I don't know how to phrase this, but your, your discretions towards uh, some of the parts of the game. I'll let you get into it, but just your overall experience with NHL 21 this year.
1: <sighs> it, it hasn't been great, unfortunately. And, you know, you talk about the extra month that they were given, And I think a lot of us were hoping that, you know, not for anything overly drastic. I mean, there are people who, you know, probably do have unrealistic expectations. It's tough when you hear, oh, here's a big company like EA, but also, you know, oh, don't expect them to have, you know, so-and-so amount of resources. But, you know, I think for me, the biggest thing was like, okay, here's this extra month that month should help make sure that at least nothing is nothing's broken or not working properly yeah. that didn't have an issue in the prior game. Mm-hmm. If some of the new stuff has an issue, okay, it's understandable. But just don't have anything that was already established all of a sudden have problems. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, th- that has been the case. And it's tough because you know getting to be a game changer, getting to see – you know uh, the game before you know the general public gets to. Yeah, you know, I was able to talk with other people, you know, within the program, and none of us saw a lot of these issues that we're seeing, not just Franchise enfranchisement, but in general, a lot of us didn't see these issues uh, being a thing. So it was as big of a surprise to us. And I know that probably sounds like ah don't don't blame us, blame blame EA, they're the big <laughs> bad in this, but genuinely. Uh, There was a slight concern when it comes to franchise mode over trade values, but nothing that was overly concerning that would make you think this is going to be a game-breaking issue. And then the game comes out, and yeah, unfortunately, it's just it wasn't in great shape. And pretty much, I think, with every mode, you could find the general complaints over, hey, this isn't working. How isn't this working properly? And it's it's a shame because... (laughs) I do stand by it that, you know, you look at NHL as a whole, and it's a shame I don't like the gameplay as much because I feel like the rest of the game is pretty solid.
0: Yeah, I agree.
1: Especially when comparing to other games. Now, I tend to compare with the franchise modes in particular. But if you look at NHL franchise mode and compare it to Madden, NHL wins that. Despite having a significantly lower budget, NHL wins that. There are some things, of course, I think that the Madden series does quite well. Uh, But there are plenty of people, I think probably the best, uh, you know, the best example is someone like TV, on YouTube, who uh, was the one, I think, that got the hashtag FixMadden franchise trend going, uh, that trended worldwide in the top 10. Uh, You know, there are a lot of people who understand that, you know, you look at this console generation, what has Madden done with their franchise? And the answer is, not a whole hell of a lot. Yeah. To the point where, within the last month, they patched. Actually, within the last couple weeks, they just patched in the ability to see a playoff tree. <laughs> you didn't have the ability to see the playoff bracket in the game until the, most, you know, the last couple weeks. Yeah. So that kind of shows you, like, okay, NHL is better than that. Is it because the bar is incredibly low for Madden, or because it's actually good? I argued that NHL was actually good and trending in the right direction. Yeah, You compare it to something that is critically acclaimed every year, like MLB The Show. Mm-hmm. MLB The Show has a good franchise mode, but they haven't done anything with it for five years. Mm-mm. So I see the ambition that NHL has and the changes that they're making, and I'm like, we have, at least on console, because I do think an example of out-of-the-park baseball, especially football manager, you know, the, you know, the type of games, the serious simulation games that you see on PC, they're an entirely different animal. Yeah. But I think looking at the consoles, you know, exclusive series, you have the NBA 2K series, which is head and shoulders above everybody else and what they offer for that particular mode. And then out of nowhere, FIFA uh, coincidentally made in the same building as the NHL series really started to get it together this year as well. So I thought, oh, NHL guaranteed two or three behind NBA. Like they're right there, and just lost their footing out of the gates. And I still think if they were to, if they were to fix the mode and get it to where it should be, it is still a top two to three uh, franchise mode series. You know, speaking to that specifically, it's still top two or three on the market in terms of console-based sports games. But it's still not there. There are still issues with that mode in particular. And speaking to the rest of the game like i said i just i'm not a fan uh, of the gameplay you know the biggest thing for me uh, I, I just think they've taken some missteps in terms of trying to accomplish something where i just don't know if it's able to properly accomplish it and uh, mainly in terms of uh, coincidental contact or incidental contact mm-hmm. uh, where it's just too much hockey is a, a game of randomness for sure yeah. random bounces absolutely dictate the way it plays out but you look at other sports games just other games in general on the market and you want to replicate the sports side of it but you also want it to have it be a video game where time invested in skill is what ultimately pays off at the end of the day i don't think that's where it necessarily is and then you have something like uh, be a pro as well which got a massive overhaul this year but there were some some polish issues with that that needed to be addressed that weren't. So to answer your question, <laughs> uh, overall, <laughs> it, it, it's been disappointing. Mm-hmm. It has. And for me, I don't think I uploaded anything uh, you know, NHL 21 related really for the first three weeks or so after launch, which, that is honestly kind of devastating because very. you know if, if you base yourself on a video game especially a yearly release video game lo, you know the launch month is the big time of year for you to grab attention to get new subscribers to set your channel on an upward trajectory for that year and i didn't feel like i could properly do that so mm-hmm. it was uh, it was a very disappointing uh launch to this game for me for a couple of different reasons
0: yeah and you know as someone that's supported the EA NHL uh, franchise for a long time, um, I got to say, I'm disappointed with the two, especially someone that gets very invested in Hutt. Um, not so much to an extreme point as some like major streamers and what have you. But for me, I was never really that big of a beer pro guy. I was before I really got into Hut and Eshel. To see beer pro get a huge revamp, which is basically live the life version two, is great to see. Um, for me, I feel like they probably should have waited for when they made their first actual game for new gen. And a lot of people don't understand Hoogie, And I don't know if you can side with me or not. I don't think anybody should have really expected major changes from EA considering this is the last game on the, what is now the last gen, which of course is the Xbox one and PS4. I didn't expect major changes really. And the really only major shakeup was be a pro. Um, and really, I think for NHL 22, when and if that happens, it people will expect it to be one of the best NHL video games ever made. And I, there's obviously a lot of high expectations on EA's plate. And I can understand, you know, there's a global pandemic going on and they gave themselves the extra month. It's still not a perfect game. And there's been a lot of comparisons that this game might be up there with NHL 15 as the worst, which is a really high plateau to put itself on for bad games because 15 was a disaster right out the gate. But for me, nothing compares to what NHL 21 has done for just how bare bones and broken the game really felt from day one. And I you know, have talked to you really only about my discretion for the game because you're the one that is able to talk to the EA representatives. It's It hasn't been perfect. I can understand with the pandemic and everything, but people are very frustrated, and it, people seem like EA isn't making any steps to change things, but again, they need to understand there's a global pandemic going on, especially in BC. It's really hard to get out of your house, and, and I think you could side with me on that. People need to be a little bit more patient. I was very upset the other night with how how the game felt for me, but I can understand that they can't fix it right away. It just doesn't work like that.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's the, the constant back and forth, right? It's just the effects that COVID has had on the development cycle uh, throughout the summer when you know they are putting in the work on the game and heading into uh, you know the, the home stretch and then into launch as well. It's just how much of an effect has it had. And it probably can't be understated. you know, I was the same way. I wasn't before I even got the heads up on hey, here's what we're doing with the game, you know, I had my expectations very low. Yeah. And as you mentioned, you know, it's the final game of a console generation. You probably want your expectations to be low because yeah, you are going to be looking ahead as a developer to next gen. The problem though, as you mentioned, and we look back to NHL 14 on the 360 and the PS3 at the time. Mm-hmm. What was the big selling point? For NHL 14, and you mentioned it already, it was live the life. A yeah. big be-a-pro overhaul. And then we get to NHL 15, which was an unmitigated disaster. Yeah. The gameplay was okay, but the modes were bare bones, stripped down. You, you could tell that they weren't given enough time mm-hmm. to properly prepare for the task that they had ahead of them. And it took a huge, Im- you know, it, it, it really took a lot of the steam that the series may have had completely away. Yeah. It was a huge knock to the franchise's reputation that they still perhaps haven't completely recovered from. No. I, that might be a fair assessment. It's very fair. So I, I do agree that, you know, Franchise 21, I was happy with the changes that they were making. I thought as long as they were well uh, implemented that we would be good to go, which, well, we know how that's gone, unfortunately. (laughs) I do think the key, though, here is that they took that extra year. Yeah. You know, rather than programming a hockey game for the previous gen and now the brand new gen, it was, okay, let's take that extra year to make sure we get this right. And I can speak to this. They know the damage that their reputation took from NHL 15. And they know it can't happen again. No. So are expectations high for what will be NHL 22 on next gen? Yeah. And I'm not sure just how exactly they're going to pull it off. Mm -hmm. Obviously, you know, being a game changer under NDA, I couldn't mention anything even if I know it. But nothing uh, has been mentioned to me yet about what they're planning. The problem that I – the issue that I have is – Honestly, I, I have concern for them because you take that year off to focus on next-gen, but COVID happens. Yeah. So expectations are at an all-time high. People are thinking of the disaster from the beginning of this generation that just ended, but then you also had that extra hurdle of COVID added in. I don't think we'll see a repeat of what NHL 15 was, but no. at the end of the day, too, it's just I – I don't know just what exactly the expectation should be. I do think in a way it was nice to kind of get the uh, be a pro overhaul out of the way. You know, sure, what more could they have done if they waited for the next gen? Who's to say? But, you know, the question now is what are the big selling points going to be for 22? Yeah. Because franchise mode sees these increases every single year. Be a pro just got their big upgrade for the first time in like six years. What what's it going to be? Yeah. Is it going to be general improvements across the board? Is it going to be gameplay? I mean, we we know how these uh, you know big publishing companies work with you know EA. Mm-hmm. It's despite the fact that we don't see uh, that many physical copies sold anymore. What's the big feature listed on the back of the box? Yeah. And for NHL 22, I have no idea what that's going to be. Mm-hmm. I can have you know tempered expectations because of COVID. But as we kind of know, just how the internet works, overreactionary, it's going to be very interesting. I mean, I'm sure they'll hold off announcing the next NHL until the summer, as they normally do. But as much as people mention, and obviously people have claimed this for years, that I should work for EA uh, in some capacity, whether it be with the roster help or whatnot— I don't know if I'd necessarily want to for this next calendar year because I do not envy the stress that that dev team is going to go oh, under. Yeah. And you know, call me an apologist for them and whatever the next game might be. You know, the debut on next gen, but you just take you know you, you take yourself out of the situation of being in this community and just look at what they're probably having to face right now. Yeah, no, I, I personally wouldn't want a part of that.
0: Mm-mm. Uh, I, I wouldn't be able to handle that stress either. I mean, th- this is a really stressful time period, especially with the pandemic going on. And, you know, I-, I was kind of angry with people that defended this game. But, like, no, really, no video game is perfect. Like, you look back to, like, NHL 2K10. Yeah, it was a great game, but it wasn't perfect. And, I mean, True. you know, you've <laughs> used your hindsight series in the past to compare... Um, especially during your Cold War series, uh, Mm. comparing the 2K to the EA series and, you know, how each series did and which series did it better. And you think of just, you know, I I feel like for me, EA is a few steps behind the game right now. And of course, 2K hasn't had an NHL installment since 2011 to 2012, which has been a long time now. So, and people keep thinking they're going to come back. I don't know if that's true because the NBA series for them, sells millions of copies worldwide. I mean, that is what really kept 2K in the business because they lost their MLB. Uh, mm-hmm. They lost the NHL license as well. So really the only thing they have left is NBA and of course their other 2K game series. So mm. for EA, obviously during uh, you know a new generation console being out, the pressure's really on to make sure that this game is going to be one of the best that we've seen because a lot of people say that Angel 14 was really the last great game we had, because it was really well-rounded, especially with Live the Life, and then, like you said, Angel 15 comes around, and they just chuck it out the window, and it, it just didn't stick around, which is a shame, because Live the Life was fantastic, and now we kind of get it back in the form of the new Beer Pro, so who knows what the direction going forward is for EA, and again, we can't predict the future. <laughs> we're, we're, we're not... We're not, you know, psychics. We can't I mean, take t- t- take it
1: from me, someone who's, you know fortunate enough to be in a situation where I'm a little bit more in the know uh, than the, you know, average player. but yeah, i I don't I don't know. <laughs> That's the problem. it's it's a very interesting time, I think, to be a, a fan of the series for better or worse, very much.
0: Um, last NHL topic I'll relate to, because I know. You being the roster editing guru that you are, you have had a lot of roster editing, not just on your streams, but of course on your YouTube as well. Um, you love to do roster edits because, I mean, this year I got to tell you, the overalls for a lot of these players was uh, a bit egregious. I don't know if that's the correct word to use, but I have That'd watched agree. your roster rundown for NHL 21 probably five times because I still can't over, I still can't get over how bad some of these overalls are. It, there's just there seems to be no consistency, and they don't even seem to use their own grading system that they developed. What in nineteen or eighteen? I can't remember which one it was, but uh, it
1: was NHL seventeen, right? Is the, so the foundation for it,
0: right? So you have voiced how much you want roster editing in the EA series, which of course a lot of people would see, and then of course earlier today I saw your tweet. Uh, you sub retweet, & score who put together his own custom roster and custom jerseys and putting in alumni players as well. Mm -hmm. Do you think EA at some point maybe for the new gen might go forward with this, or do you think they're going to stay behind? Because the last time we've seen roster editing was in NHL 2K10, and that was a while ago.
1: Yeah, I mean, the idea of roster sharing, for for a lot of people, if you... NHL is interesting at this point because it's it's almost like a live service game at this point. Yep. You can, as, as a hockey fan, if you play EA NHL, there's so many different things you can do. If you want to have that online uh, competitiveness, that is there for you in EA or Hot. If you want to be a little bit more casual about that competitiveness online, yeah, uh, you know, there are ways to go about that, like threes arcade and stuff like that. If you care about, you know, the idea of having your own player and, you know, be a pro is there for you. And then when it comes to franchise mode, a lot of people can just play it casually and that's fine. You know, we'll we'll use what EA provides with their roster updates and it's, it's cool. There might be stuff I disagree with, but it doesn't bother me. Mm-hmm. But of course, with every game, you're going to have that hardcore subsection that really does care. And like I said, for me, for some reason, it's it's been an obsession. Like I can remember... In NHL 08, you know, I'd get home from school on trade deadline day. I would, I didn't have a computer in my room. Um, actually, what, yeah, I would have had a school laptop at that point, actually. So I remember doing this before I even had a school laptop, to be honest. Uh, but, you know, I can remember immediately going on that school laptop, going to NHL.com and being like, oh, this dude moved to this team. Let me go on to NHL and put that guy in the right spot now. There's just something about it where, having it be as, like I said, as as close to authentic as possible is the way to go. And when it comes to the idea of roster sharing, I mean, again, now for the past few years, I've documented every single change that I make to my rosters uh, on documents, videos, uh, whatever, so that people can directly copy it, which is archaic uh, at this point, because like I mentioned earlier, you know, on the 360 days, you still at least have the ability to download a file onto a thumb drive yeah. and then get somebody else's work. I don't believe that's possible on the Xbox. I think some people were saying it is possible on PlayStation, but fortunately uh, there's no cross-play or cross-file sharing or anything like that. So there's really nothing that can be done uh, for people to want to essentially copy what I do yeah. other than directly doing it, you know – at doing all the work that I'm doing essentially without the research, but just copying, pasting, and that's that's absolutely crazy. Yeah. And I mean, it really does seem like because, unfortunately, for whatever reason, you know, EA Burnaby, which again is where the NHL series is made and where the FIFA series is made, mm-hmm. are the only games right now that don't have a lot of the file sharing capabilities that we see in other games, even other EA titles. Yeah. You know, the Madden series has the ability. Uh, If somebody goes on Madden and they create, you know, here's the 1998 NFL season, and you have the ability to download that, and then, hey, all of a sudden, John Elway is on the Broncos again. And that is (laughs) an entirely different experience, because obviously, who wants to go back and play NFL Quarterback Club 98? (laughs) No offense to that game, but, you know, there's a difference between, say what you want about the gameplay, but... You know, the ability to have rosters from the past with the new modern graphics there is something uh, really incredible about that yeah so then you look at not having the ability to do that on NHL but you know you can do it on Madden you can do it on FIFA or uh, excuse me on MLB you can do it on NBA uh, with 2K but you can't do it here despite it being you know a consistent request i mean if you look at the uh, EA NHL Twitter account The primary responses are going to be, aside from fix the game, uh, you're, of course, going to have people mentioning GM Connected, which, again, is another, uh, you know, an online franchise. And, again, we see online franchises in Madden. We see it in MLB, if I'm not yeah, We see it in MLB. We see it in the NBA series as well. It's just, unfortunately, uh, the NHL series is lacking behind on some of these tools that really allow a community to, you know express their creativity yeah. so whether or not it's and, and really that hurts the casual player that hurts a content creator like myself, mm-hmm. yeah, I think that's a big part of the reason as to why I still do the uh, custom edits, you know not just trying to get players more in line with what their overall and potential subjectively should be, uh, but adding in players that EA can't add, it helps make my content a little bit more unique compared to somebody else's. Because if another content creator wants to do that, they also have to put in the work. Mm-hmm. You mentioned Snipe and Score, and he's somebody that over the past couple of years, you know, he'll go back and much like I said, with like, oh, here's John Elway on the '98 Broncos. You know, for NHL, he'll do, hey, here's the 2003, 2004 NHL season, accurate teams, accurate players, and that's something that I want to play. Yeah. But obviously, you know, doing everything that I do already and trying to balance the personal life. There's just not the time. No. So it is it is it is incredibly frustrating, I would mm-hmm. say, to still have that uh, not be a feature that we have. There's just such a positive to it. And, yeah, I, I mentioned ratings and everything being subjective, but I, I think, you know, overall, like I said, if you look at the feedback, it's like, oh, hey, fix the game, GM connected, where's roster sharing? It's a feature... That is desperately wanted. I would like to think it's a feature uh, that we're going to get sooner rather than later because o- honestly, it just seems like something that it just seems so obvious. Yeah. You know, give give the community a tool to be as creative as they possibly can be. Mm-hmm. And to you know to see it in other games and to still not have it here is still pretty disheartening.
0: It, it definitely is because I have used... You know, the sharing tool with NBA 2K, which I've recently been getting into, it, which is amazing. And, you know, you can upload custom logos, custom jerseys. You can do that in MLB as well. It just feels like NHL is just like three steps behind everyone else. And it really is disheartening because the NHL community is very, very large as much as people don't tend to agree. It's one of the biggest communities in, in sports by far, at least in my opinion, it is. It is kind of disheartening to at, see at that at the very EOS
1: least not to interrupt but at the no very sports. least it's one of the most passionate and one of the exactly. most hardcore.
0: That that's so exactly what I was going for.
1: What it, what this community might lack in in numbers the, the passion is it's there. comparable to almost any other especially within the sports gaming community.
0: Yeah, it it trumps every other sport really and people can you know, dunk on us all they want. But like hockey fans really cared, myself included. I was a hockey fan at one point. Now I'm a, and now my job revolves around hockey. So, you know, I'm very passionate about the EA series. Do I want them to go under? Obviously not, because then we don't really have someone that can be able to produce these games. I, I, I want EA to improve. And I feel like with New Gen, they have so much room for improvement. And I hope they take those steps to make the improvement and they actually do listen to the fans. And you know, give people what they really want. roster editing, uh, roster sharing, and you know custom stuff, not just in e-show, but in high and just having that flexibility and customization to really make your game unlike anything we've ever seen before. And I feel like Gent's gonna be able to complete that. So I, I completely agree with a, with your points too. I, I feel like NHL can really make the step forward. But again, during a pandemic, it's hard to do that because money's going to be tight for a lot of people. I'm sure EA can be able to get around it, but crazier things have happened. Um, mm. Now, uh, leaving the NHL aspect, because I think we've covered the bases. Um, of course, you and I um, are very avid jersey collectors. Uh, you're ah. the you and the hockey guy are the reasons that I got into Jersey collecting. And of course I've showed you my collection a multitude of times. I follow you on mm. Instagram because you post pretty much every Jersey that you have gotten so far. I'm, I'm course, very
1: far behind as of late, but
0: <laughs> but you, but of you course know. you showcase your Jersey collection, especially on Twitch because you wear a different Jersey almost every night. And mm. so roughly how many jerseys would you say you have in your collection?
1: It's tough at this point. Uh, I did mention to you, you know, before the stream that I I've been splitting a lot of time between you know my place and my girlfriend's place mm-hmm. as of late. Uh, enough, di- you know, not crazy distance, but enough distance where it's like, yeah, I'm not driving back home and then coming back tomorrow type of thing. It's like, <laughs> yeah. hey, let me take my entire setup. I'll come stay for three to four weeks. Why not? Until we just make this official and one of us moves in. Yeah. Uh, but. <laughs> At this stage, I mean, the most I've had at one time, I think, was 90. Wow. It was closing in on the 100 mark. At this point, though, I have been trying to downsize. I'll mm-hmm. say that. Uh, mainly uh, because it's like, okay, it, it's tough to make the argument for, hey, I have 100 hockey jerseys that we need to find space for. <laughs> uh, yeah, I have been trying to downsize in a way, obviously, with, with some teams, you know, there are Jerseys that you want to own for multiple, you know, multiple jerseys from the same team that you'd like to own because for a lot of teams it's not just oh hey they've only had one good jersey, unless you're the Columbus Blue Jackets. That's right, <laughs> I said it. Get salty. It's, it's their current blue alternate, by the way, that they've had for quite a few years now. It's fantastic. So good. It's so good. But yeah, at this point it's around, it's probably around the sixty to seventy mark. You That's know, about I, where I minus made, two, yeah. I made the decision uh, towards the end of the summer to uh, sell some of the other ones to fund the money to get my grail for each team. Mm-hmm. Uh, some teams I'm still going to have more than one. I think I have seven Bruins jerseys right now. It's probably going to go up. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, for the most part, it was okay. Let's try to let's try to prioritize here. Let's try to make sure that we have the best ones, you know, my favorite ones at least, uh, and then you know, cut cut down on the number in general. But yeah. Yeah, I mean, I got to be honest. though. This is a hobby for the most part that just started up uh, this year. Just it was something that I decided like, you know what? Screw it. I, I want some of the stuff. No, me too.
0: Yeah. Um, so because the was, pandemic rolled around fun. and I, I set myself up with a goal to have at least one jersey from all 31 NHL teams. And I completed that a couple months ago. And I mean, you know, my mom wasn't happy with me bringing a Bruins or Canadians jersey in the house. But I'm like, Mom, that's part of the goal. So, you know, it's not like you're going to see it. Uh, but, I mean, you know, my number's right about there with yours. I don't know if you have uh, the one from every 31 yet, do you?
1: I am missing the Ottawa Senators. That's oh, the only team you are that I'm so short close. on. However, I mean, I could have had a Sens jersey at this point. Yeah. But, like I like I talked about, in terms of optimizing, uh, the Sens grail is either the uh, heritage jersey that they had uh, that they also turn into an alternate. it's the either the uh, the creamed colors with the horizontal stripes going all the way down uh, or the uh, the black version of that either one. Uh, unfortunately, you know, if you want to get a legit one, it's gonna run you about two hundred and twenty five bucks minimum. so you know it's it's been we've been playing the waiting game, trying to be patient and uh, scout that one out. but yeah, for the most part, we are. Uh, we're we're on we're on track to hit thirty one out of thirty one, thankfully.
0: There you go. Um, and for me, my senator's jersey is like the old Alfredson era, the white version, which they brought back the lo- the logo and that look, and a lot of people uh, liked it. Obviously. Um, now, <laughs> would would you say you have a favorite jersey that's part of your collection? Like, what is your ultimate holy grail? Like, what would you consider the goat of your collection?
1: Oh, boy. So, it's... There There has been a lot of kindness shown my way over the past five years, which for me still doesn't seem kind of real. Mm-hmm. I mean, just where someone could be like, hey, thank you for the entertainment. Here's something nice. Mm-hmm. Over the summer, I had my eyes on a jersey that was brought to my attention while I was on stream, and I'm like, yeah, I probably can't afford that. And the next day, I had someone message me saying, hey, I bought that. Do you want it in exchange for playing a certain game on stream? And that was it. Wow. It is a 2001 Colorado Avalanche Ray Bork jersey with the one Cup patch autographed. Wow.
0: I see uh, that one. It is, it is something to behold.
1: Yeah, so I have recently picked up a Nathan McKinnon jersey so that I actually have an Avs jersey to wear yeah. because, I mean, being a Bruins fan, I mean, I didn't just decide that I liked the Bruins. Both of my parents are hockey fans, uh, have been and will be. And, you know, my dad's favorite player was Ray Bork. So growing up, my first favorite player was Ray Bork. And I cannot tell you how many times... I have watched the Game 7 from a one Colorado and New Jersey. It's too good. Too good. I, it's, I, that, yeah. And it probably, you know, as, as indirectly led to the interest in commentary as well because it was the uh, the ABC version of that, which means Gary Thorne was on commentary.
0: One of the best of all time.
1: Exactly. And it's a shame that uh, he also has a passion, uh, passion for baseball and has been calling Baltimore Oriole games, which I feel like his talents being wasted in Baltimore, you know,
0: <laughs> I, <laughs> I mean, it's, it still, it's still great stuff, but it's not the same as broadcast in NHL. It's not the same.
1: Right. I mean, you know, you talk about influences and Gary Thorne is definitely one of mine and might be number one all time on my my favorite list of commentators. And yeah, yeah. So just just everything about having that jersey uh, still, it doesn't seem uh, that's one of those things. I guess in life for me, like so much over the past five years, for me seems a little bit surreal. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, with what some of some of the stuff in my personal life, but a lot of stuff having to do with this. Because five years ago, uh, there's no way I'm still going to be doing YouTube, and there's certainly no way I'm going to be making money from it. There's no way I'm going to be, you know, streaming every night and making money from it. There's no way I'm going to be commentating esports games. There's no way I would have been flown out to vancouver on ea's dime yeah it, there's just been so many crazy things and you know I, I certainly rank like someone's gonna gift you this jersey that means a lot you know it's like I, I see that jersey and i think of you know that moment you know ray borg raising the cup and i you know just remember like watching that bhs with my dad on occasions you know through the following mm-hmm. years and so much of it just seems surreal but yeah the long answer, of course, which I'm only capable of giving long answers <laughs> to that question, would be that jersey. But I do have, uh, like, I, like I said, I'm getting that collection down to okay. Here are my favorite jerseys, you know, from every team. So it, it's I'm I'm very happy with it. Is what yeah. I'll say.
0: I mean, I don't even know if I can narrow down to a ho- to a hockey girl a jersey for me because I mean, I do have a lot of jerseys, but just. You know, I feel like you know you and I have had a lot of luck when it comes to sniping jerseys, whether it be like you know locally or like from eBay or, or what have you. I remember, and you can kind of see it in the background. Is I, I found two of the Washington Capitals screaming Eagles jerseys on Facebook, selling for sixty bucks a piece, and there were two of them, which were Bondra and Yager. For me, I feel like. That is one of my favorites, probably the favorite jersey I have ever seen in my life. And to own one of those is not only extremely rare, it's extremely fun to have. And to be able to have it in such perfect condition with the original tags and everything. And even like autographed jerseys. For your story, to get a Raymond Bork with the Stanley Cup patch on on a Colorado jersey in his final season. And you mentioned the Gary Thorne, I'm starting to get goosebumps thinking about it because it's just such a great moment. You know, it's those kind of finds and that kind of generosity especially that really shows you, again, how passionate hockey fans are and how, you know, it really proves that, you know, just the generosity and the way that hockey fans work is, is truly far more superior than most other sports. And, I mean... Again, I've got a lot of jerseys. I can really never narrow down to a favorite. And there's just so many... I have... I mean, the Marislov a 10. I showed you that one. I mean, that's right up there for me. Because, like, not only to have the Goathead jersey, it's also autographed by one of the most underrated players, at least I think, from my generation of watching hockey. Because, I mean, you know, just having such a fast jersey collection, especially one like yours, um, it's... Like you said, it's a hobby. It's... It's a lifestyle that we like to take over, and a lot of people are like, oh, that's just a waste of money. It's like, no, because each jersey tells a story. And, I mean, your story is very, very unique, and And I got to say, I never really understand the full story because I've seen your Instagram, but I never got the full gist of the story. So thanks for sharing that story. Like, that, that's honestly really incredible to hear.
1: Yeah, I mean, like I said, this was a very kind of out-of-nowhere decision, and it's kind of something I fell into at the start of the year, you know, seeing a lot of friends picking up jerseys, and uh, like you said, it's not all that difficult in a way, uh, if you know where to look, and if you're patient and smart about things, you know, to end up with some of these jerseys, and there's there's just something about it, Mm -hmm. that's all I can say, in terms of a hobby, there's just something about, you know, either owning one, being able to frame it, or... Just being able to wear it where it's like, yeah, no, this is it's just a great feeling. it's yeah. it's it's interesting, but i'm I'm very happy with it. And I will say, uh, the one Habs jersey that I own correlates to two thousand and one, and it it is a Patrick Wa, although the first time, I wore it to my parents' house. I did have a paper bag over my head. <laughs> yeah,
0: I remember seeing that. <laughs>
1: that. I'm pretty sure that picture's on Instagram. <laughs> yeah,
0: it is. I, I remember checking the Instagram before we started. Um, to you, this has just been an absolute pleasure. Um, and, you know, I, I, again, when I first started watching, you know, some of your videos, uh, I never really got to tell you, you know, I've gone through a lot of hardships. And I'm sure, you know, a lot of people can relate to that. Just watching your videos and you putting your comedic spin on some stuff too, whether it's intentional or not, just really, really, I I think not just for me, but for a lot of people really help people get through a lot of times, especially during a pandemic like this. So I just wanted to thank you again, just for doing such amazing hard work and just dedicating yourself to the NHL community and to YouTube and Twitch. And and again, I'm sure we're going to be seeing plenty more work from you, whether the game is broken or not. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of great videos coming along. So again, just thank you so much for doing this, and just thank you so much for all your amazing work.
1: I mean, I appreciate you having me on here again. We we had this planned out a couple of times, and it's nice that it finally came together. But yeah. the one thing that the one thing that stood out here, I mean, aside from the fact that you know we we do have <laughs> there
0: it is the the proof <laughs> of that.
1: Um, I, I will say one of the other things, and you, you jogged my memory with this one. When it comes to the idea of why did I decide to do this, is, you know I talked about some of the other YouTubers within the community that are still here that kind of influenced me to, you know, start up on NHL. But in a general sense, it wasn't probably a little bit over a year uh, before I started doing this. You know, it, it was a bit of a rough patch, and I've I've been pretty open and honest. I would say. Uh, in talking about a lot of my experiences, uh, in terms of someone who outright actively has, you know, battled depression and anxiety since I was five years old. You know, it's, it's a constant. I mean, hell, I'll be completely honest still to this day on a daily basis. You know, there are some days where it's like, oh, I can be sitting on the couch with my girlfriend watching TV and you know, in a way you're, it's like your brain almost turns on and you know, it's like, huh, you're, you're happy. How can I ruin your day to day? That that's still a daily thing for me. So it was around that time where you know I found a lot of YouTubers that I still watch to this day, that I looked for to like okay let me make it through this ten to fifteen minute video without any negativity. Okay now let me watch another one and try to string it together. Like there were you know a lot of those channels that definitely helped me get through some rough patches, and I had that thought of if me yelling about virtual hockey uh, can somehow. <laughs> kind of, you know, have that same effect for somebody, then that's that's a win for me. And the fact that I've had people, you know, including yourself, tell me that, where it's like, hey, hearing you complain about how Carey Price is overrated <laughs> in the NHL has brought me great joy. You know, it, as much as, you know, like I said, it's cool to have been like, oh, hey, I got to have, you know, this experience of going to Vancouver, which uh, was the experience of a lifetime. As much as, you know, it's, been great to have people be like, hey, here's money, open virtual packs. As good as it's been to have like free games thrown at my face. You know, it, it is stuff like the charity stream, and it is stuff like, you know, having people tell me, hey, I was going through a rough patch. Watching you on stream helps a lot. It's those things that I and call it cliched if you want, but above all else, that makes this worth doing. Because again, I remember sitting there and having those people and it's like the fact that I know that I you know, again, I've been told that I'm one of those people for someone else. So it makes it worth it. And to be able to come on, you know, here and talk to you and again I have no issue ever doing stuff like this, so I'd be more than happy to come back at Absolutely. any time. But, Absolutely. But you know, to it's just you know, t- to be able to be still doing this and to have those kind of moments, it definitely makes it all worth it.
0: No, and I, re- again, I am beyond appreciative of you coming on, and it's definitely been worth the wait. So, again, to you, just thank you so much for coming on. And, uh, again, for those that uh, don't follow you, whether it's on Twitter or Instagram, YouTube, Twitch, what have you, uh, where can people find you just so they can uh, watch you? yell at a virtual hockey game.
1: <laughs> if you want to hear me complain about Drew Doughty being overrated in uh. NHL 21, <laughs> all you have to do is search Tugie24. That's T-O-U-G-I-E 24 on virtually everything. YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, Instagram. There's a Discord. If you go on the YouTube side of things, the description has links to everything uh, so that you can find this face. God knows why you'd want to. so that You can find <laughs> this face. Uh, pretty much everywhere you can. The OnlyFans might be coming soon. Uh, it's hard times <laughs> out there, but hey, we'll see what happens.
0: And you're also on Patreon still too as yes. well, right? Where can people find you on Patreon?
1: Again, uh, patreon.com slash g 24 If you care uh, to chip in a little bit more, we always have some exclusive content going on there. I try to get uh, the patrons involved on that side to try and help me make decisions on like what type of videos they'd want to see try to have some exclusive series going on there as well uh, at all times. So, uh, you know, we have, uh, surprisingly, I think, you know, people were just happy to see the content back. I think we have higher numbers now on Patreon, or the highest numbers since the uh, beginning of it when I started it uh, back in January. And, you know, it was kind of the interesting thing right about this year, and we talked about the ebbs and flows, you know, the start of this year, uh, personal wise was a bit down. So I'm like, let me really commit myself to NHL this year. And you know, look at something like Patreon happening and and out of nowhere, Hey, here's a pandemic and how that affects a lot of things. It's been an interesting year.
0: Yeah. No kidding. Uh, that, that is an understatement. And again, uh, to just thank you so much for doing this. I, I would love to have you on again. Uh, and hopefully we can do this again sometime soon. So thanks for, uh, thanks for joining me here and, uh, hopefully we can do this again sometime down the road.
1: Absolutely. Sounds good.
0: Once again, a huge thank you to Tuki24 for joining me for this very special interview. It was amazing to have him and actually get to finally sit down and talk to him one on one. I remember I was jumping into his chat, chatting with him, and then eventually I decided to uh, to subscribe to his Twitch and uh, help him out financially and a lot of people have done the same so it's uh, it's great to finally be able to talk to him and get to know a little bit more about him it was definitely a very unique interview and hopefully we'll have him back on in the future Toogie actually has his own podcast now called Toogie's Take and if you want to find it I'm sure you can find it on his Twitter his YouTube and what have you uh it is on Spotify as far as I know I think it's on other platforms as well I listened to the first episode was really really well done I really liked it still gotta get around to the second episode and uh, I might Actually, do that later today. But anyway, uh, if you want to follow Toogie on his social medias, you can follow him on Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, all under the same name, Toogie24. He's not hard to find. He's got a huge following. So, anyway, once again, special thank you to Toogie24 for joining me for this interview. And I thank you all for joining me for this very special episode of the Geek Geeks podcast. Until next time, take care, stay safe. I'm Thomas Mercier, and we'll talk to you next time.